I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence, and I'm joined by Gaurav Datta, Director, Intelligent Automation at Cyclum. Gaurav, the pandemic has turbocharged a lot of things in financial technology, in particular the growth of the payments industry. How do the payment companies continue to ride that wave as we come out of the pandemic? There's a lot of elements which I kind of start learning from my own behavior, how it's changed, my friends' and family's behavior has changed related to payments. So there are a few trends that we're seeing within the payments which has been accelerated due to this whole kind of pandemic. So the first and the obvious one, I think, which all of us have seen is this whole kind of rise in online payments. Over the kind of last few months and probably a year, it's all been about online payments. So massive, massive, we've seen a rise in kind of the whole online payments. It's, it's the same as your as the 2190 rule, as people say, 21 days becomes a habit and you do it for 90 days, it becomes a lifestyle. So I'm hoping and assuming that it's become a lifestyle for a lot of people. The second thing that we've seen massively with organizations is this whole need of frictionless payment, be it the merchants, be it customers, and not just buying and selling and the trading, but even cross-border money transfers, everything has to be more kind of frictionless. And there's a trend to kind of start kind of also reducing, start reducing some of these digital divides, so kind of payments, platforms and all, and the new fintechs have to be become more and more digitally inclusive. And all of these unbanked people, the previous underbanked people, we're starting to now include them as this kind of whole post-pandemic recovery of this payment sector is happening. And there's a few things that we've seen with some of our clients as well and our organizations that we're working with is a tremendous rise in the business of gaming and gambling as well. And with, I think with a lot of people at home, a lot of people having interest, they have time to kind of do the, go back and do what they like. I think the gaming gambling sector has been booming and payment industries, especially who are kind of tapping into those kind of e-wallets and those e-cash kind of vouchers based payment systems, I think seeing a massive rise. Think about all of these innovative methods that are coming up. So buy now and pay later. There were these things previously as well, but I think the pandemic has absolutely massively accelerated that. And one of the last areas where we've seen the pandemic has really, really pushed up the volumes of things which people don't usually think about, but think about chargebacks and refunds. Looking at the travel industry, my better half, she works in the travel industry, and she's seen so many requests and increasing volume of customers with complaints around chargebacks, around refunds, organizations having to deal with those number of volumes, organizations having to deal with the complexity around their own cash flows that they can't provide those chargebacks and those refunds and the disputes around it. So I think the payment industry has seen a lot of positive growth as well around, which I said, all of these online payments, these new gaming gambling merchants coming in, these new innovations around buy now, pay later, but also seen a lot of challenges with these increasing volume of chargebacks coming in, refunds requests coming in, this whole digital diversity. So you're dealing with sometimes more riskier customers and more riskier businesses and merchants as a whole. I think those are kind of the five, six key changes that we have kind of seen in the payment sector. So how do we address them? There are obviously challenges there, and I can think of one straight away. Mike, the shiver went down my back when you started talking about gambling and gaming and people having time on their hands. And I'm thinking, you're absolutely right, but this is not good news. This, and if I was a payments provider or a payments facilitator, I would be approaching that side of the business with some fear and trepidation. Absolutely. And with the work that we are doing within CICLAM and in the intelligent automation space, I think we are every day trying to understand how 
these challenges could be mitigated? What are these new payment providers and this fintech financial services firms are trying to do? And I think with these gaming and gambling and these more riskier customers and the riskier business and riskier merchants coming in, there's a massive, massive stress on this whole section around the compliance. So we're working with different organizations within their compliance areas, thinking of how can we better improve their fraud analysis? How can we better understand the money laundering space? How can we have more due diligence for the customers? So even the customers that are coming in, you have to do massive amount of due diligence. So the whole CIP process, the CDD process, your enhanced due diligence processes, your understanding whether you are politically exposed, having this robust KYC process is becoming more and more necessary. And the same goes on the merchant side as well. Historically, a lot of money laundering cases and fraud cases have happened with some of the merchants as well who are registers as kind of gambling areas and online gambling businesses. So the whole underwriting, the whole kind of credit check process on the merchant side, those are becoming like very, very critical parts of the business. And this is where a lot of our work is going within the intelligent automation space. How can we apply more robotics and more machine learning algorithms and more point solutions, more artificial intelligence solutions to help make these processes not just efficient, but more and more effective as well. Because that's how all of these industries, all of these companies are regulated and massive penalties and fines if they cannot flag a fraud in due time, if they cannot identify a money laundering transaction. So, And that's where I think automation, uh, an area that I advocate and I work with, I think is becoming super important. Well, we're talking as much as anything else, uh, what you were just saying towards the end there, about compliance and the effectiveness of compliance controls. One thing that I'm sure is going to come out of this evolution you've been describing is increased regulation. Regulatory bodies as well are kind of also keeping up to speed with this, like more innovations, as you said, within the financial, within the fintechs, more innovation coming up with these payment providers who are working with those merchants and banks more innovations within the banking, the open banking space happening as well, all of these Bitcoin, cryptocurrency. I think the regulatory bodies are also kind of keeping up to pace with those as well. So, And we've seen a lot of positive movements as well. So thinking of how the regulations around instant payments are coming, the all of these ISO kind of 22 coming in with formal standardizations, open banking itself is becoming a big kind of regulatory thing. SWIFT, they're also trying to do a lot of innovation within their global payment innovation but what I've seen, I mean, I when I started working, I mean, close to 10, 14 years ago, you'd have seen the financial crisis hit 2008, 2009. I think now the situation is a bit better. So over the years, these regulatory bodies, all of these regulatory bodies have driven a sense of discipline. So even with the pandemic, even with changes within patterns, I think the financial system now is a bit more better place to cope up with these ones. But, and, I, and I think the regulatory bodies are keeping up to speed as well. That's actually quite an optimistic interpretation, which I'm not sure I entirely share, but I'll let you get away with that. You've talked a lot about automation, you, about robots, about machine learning, etc. What sort of journey are people on and what does the investment look like into this? When automation first started, it was all around looking at back office processes. I mean, that was people's mindset. I think it was quite a myth and quite a narrow thinking that, you know, automation will always help back in shared services, not in the more front facing. So it was all around cost takeout. So making your processes, your admin processes more efficient, make it quicker, have higher productivity. But I think more and more now, 
as I said, especially with these financial organizations and payment organizations, we're seeing automation come right up to the front office pieces of work. So we are working with organizations to implement automation to increase revenue, to accelerate revenues, all of these as I said, onboarding of your new merchants. So the more merchants you onboard, the quicker you onboard, it's quicker business for the client. So quicker underwriting underpinned by automation, quicker onboarding of merchants, quicker onboarding of customers. So all of your front-facing revenue-generating processes are there. So that's where I think automation is playing more and more role. And the biggest driver that we've seen is customer services and merchant services. And that's where Technologies like chatbots are coming in, smart technologies around self-serves are coming in, technologies such as email automated email classification, sentiment analysis. And I think we're seeing more and more of these solutions come in, in your front, either in your revenue generating processes or your customer service processes, and the traditional automation taking a backseat into your back office. The barrier to entry to these technologies have become really, really low. Traditionally, previously, we used to think about each technology taking months and half the years and kind of years to implement, whereas these new technologies are coming in with between six to 12 weeks and 10 weeks to kind of implement. So I think we're seeing massive ROI and the barrier to entry is low, but that causes its own problems. People think it's easy. People just think of it as a silver bullet. So there's a lot of thinking and effort that goes in, but it's quick to realize benefits. It's quick to see the benefits and then think about how you can strategize and make this into a sustainable program. But the entry, the barrier entry, I think has been reduced a lot with these new modern technologies. Final thought on this then, and you did actually touch on it there. People expect, and not just people as individual customers, but people as corporate customers, expect the same speed, quality, and level of service that they get when they go to somewhere like Amazon. And they expect that in their financial services now in a way that they never did before. That's got to be a hurdle that business has to cross as well. Otherwise, if you cannot deliver on that level of efficiency, somebody else will and they're going to eat your lunch. For every organization that we're working with within financial services or everywhere else as well, like it's all about speed. It's all about agility. So not just the service they provide to their end customers, but even internally with their all of their processes have to be kind of super quick, they have to be super agile. And I think more and more within our delivery as well, we started using words like frictionless delivery, whereas financial services clients use frictionless payments, which is like this instant, everything has to be dynamic, everything has to be 24-7, everything has to be real-time. And I think that's shifting a lot of the way we as consulting organizations, professional services organizations engage with them. They always want things to be quick. Things have to be deployed really quickly. Things have to be agile. Doesn't have to break everything. It has to keep evolving, keep improving. So I think these kind of innovative technologies, these kind of low-code technologies that we're working with and we're working with organizations, I think they have definitely seen a much more increase in their appetite. So because you can see results quickly, you can With these automations, you can turn a customer query within seconds. You have less wait time. You can onboard people. You can do fraud checks really quickly. You can flag issues within next 30 seconds rather than having to wait for manual intervention. So I think we're seeing massive, massive uptake in these technologies and the entire backbone is speed and agility. Thank you very much, Gaurav Data, Director, Intelligent Automation at Cyclum.